Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looks like Marc-Andre Fleury would be available this summer if the Penguins went calling. But will they? Or better question, should they? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates, right where you found this. Flower is an unusual case. He's 36 years old. He's got one year left on his three-year contract with the Golden Knights. He's a $7 million cap hit, and the Golden Knights already are paying a ton of money to Robin Leonard, who's 29 years old. Leonard's getting $5 million a year, so they're putting twelve into their goaltending, which you might recall from when the Penguins were paying two goalies. Uh, that's a pretty tough thing on a roster, never mind one that is as deep and talented as Vegas's. So there is a chance that Flurry would become available for the right return and if the team taking Flower takes on all or most cap hit. So I'm just trying to lay out everything from the management level, from the management perspective, mostly on the Vegas end because that's where this would have to happen. And as you can see, there are some possibilities there. Now, the more likely discussion that happens in public is, does Flower want to come home and all this other syrupy stuff? Because no one can ever talk about Flower without bringing out the pianos and the violins. He's so beloved. Uh, Well, not just in Pittsburgh anymore, but also out in the desert. That's really not going to matter all that much. Uh, The fact that Flower over the weekend said all the right things and about how he and Leonard have become uh, great friends, which they actually have, by the way, including their respective families. Uh, The fact that he'd like to finish his career there, that's always a safe line. And then Alan Walsh, his extremely outspoken agent, this was the guy who photoshopped the sword, you'll recall, through flowers back whenever Peter DeBoer was uh, alternating 
Leonard and Flower. Uh, even Walsh came out and said, yes, Flower wants to be here. He wants to finish. He wants to finish his career in Vegas and whatever else. So you can take all that for what it's worth. None of it matters if Vegas management says, listen, we've got better ways to utilize the cap than on a two-goaltender system. Uh, we can do well with Leonard. He's one of the league's best. And we can, you know, put this money into, oh, I don't know, whoever would have gotten that power play going for them in the Montreal series. What a strange scene that was, seeing all that talent out there and nobody able to get one behind Carey Price. That's where it's going to matter the most. I do believe that if a team came seriously calling, McCrimmon, George McPhee, and everyone else in the front office out there would entertain the offer. But then you got to consider what the offer is and whether it would be worth making. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV, which includes AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. No contracts, no catch. You can cancel any time. FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. And it is from the Pittsburgh end that it gets a little bit more difficult to absorb. Yeah, sure, on the most superficial level of course you would want flower back of course he would fit perfectly beyond perfectly into the locker room that he pretty much owned for a decade and a half and he would be in so many ways the perfect partner if you want to call him that for tristan jari or casey DeSmith depending on how that shakes out. Because you would have someone who pushes Jari, who at the same time could, if Jari were to show some otherworldly turnaround in the regular season, could step aside and see how Jari is doing, since he would be Flurry Wood, 36 years old and change. And then you could walk into the playoffs knowing and I mean knowing that you will have the goaltending that you need. You might not win it all. No one's guaranteed that. But you at least won't enter thinking to yourself, man, this kid just killed us last year against the Islanders. We have no faith in him. No matter what we saw in the regular season, it doesn't mean a thing because we don't believe in him. That would be gone. So, yeah, this would be fantastic, you know, for everything, for ticket sales, ratings, merchandise, everything. Flower would come home. But you got to make it work from the hockey standpoint. Ron Hextall has to make it work. As I mentioned, he would have to take on, I believe, 
the full cap hit. I couldn't see Vegas picking up part of it to send Flower out the door. You would have to give up something to Vegas that doesn't cost them money, and that likely means a draft pick. And, you know, (laughs) there aren't a whole lot of those here either. And it's not easy to get them if you want to get one for the purposes of trading it. You want to give them a young player who doesn't cost anything? Okay, who? Who would Vegas want that you'd be willing to give up, that you could afford to give up considering the organization has no young players or very few young players? And don't say just send them Marcus Pedersen because that's not going to work. This has to be something that makes an impact on the Vegas end. The Penguins tried to get Flurry back. They were turned down. The common belief is that they were turned down at the ownership level. And you're going to have to find a way to make sure that any kind of deal that you make is ownership-proof. And that's not going to be easy either. And then in all the time that you're doing this, I should add, because it's probably not going to be simple, there are other goaltenders, and there are expected to be a lot of them available, including as unrestricted free agents this summer, that might just go sign somewhere else that will come at a much, much lower cost, meaning lower cost in terms of trade value, lower cost in terms of cap hit. So it's not as academic as it might sound, and it has a lot more to do with this boring stuff than it does with any sappy stuff. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question and that's brought to you on this program always by the greater pittsburgh community food bank which is committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania and they in turn need us go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how one dollar that we contribute is turned into five full meals for them to distribute to those who don't know where their next meal is coming from. PittsburghFoodBank.org Today's question comes from Rob, who says, Are the Penguins interested in bringing Rick Tockett back? He clearly has the respect of the players in the front office. He challenged Mike Sullivan and made him a better coach. Seems like a no-brainer. I'm not sure when he challenged Sullivan on, on... what front what you're referring to there rob um so i'm gonna have a hard time responding to that component of it but i i know for a fact that this management team and this head coach are satisfied with the staff that they have and yes believe it or not that includes mike buckley the goaltending coach although i would imagine that 
that'll be subject to whoever the next number one goaltender is. If it isn't Jari, then whoever that goaltender is is going to be able to name their goalie coach, and you'll see that swap made without having to look like it's some kind of acrimonious split or a firing with Buckley. Does that make sense? Like you can just say, like they did with Mike Bales at the time, well, you know, switched goalies, Flowers gone, so now uh, we're bringing up the guy that worked with both Matt Murray and Jari, and, and that was Buckley. And it had nothing to do with a merit thing. That's just kind of how goaltending coaches move throughout the league. They're a positional coach, but they're really an individual player coach. They're catered toward the starting goaltender. But for the rest of the staff, uh, I'm not seeing any kind of moves being made Uh by all accounts, Mike Vellucci did quite well uh, in his role, and that was highlighted by handling the penalty killing. And yeah, I know the PK had its down stretches, but it really got straightened out uh, when it mattered the most. And it never, it it never was like a super solid team strength. But it never was something where you could look at it and say that there was something off schematically. When something was off, it was usually because they had a million guys hurt. Remember there was a time there where Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev and uh, different guys who were on that unit were just gone for long stretches. That's a tough thing for a, for a coach to overcome. And it's not, again, a tactical thing. Todd Reardon coached the power play and ran the defensive units, meaning the, the switches that would happen during games. Uh, that's a specific skill set. That's what Jacques Martin had been doing beforehand, and it helps to have been a head coach in order to do those things. Which brings us back to Tockett. He's obviously able to run a bench. He's obviously been a head coach, not once but twice now in the league. But I, I again, I don't see anything with the current staff where I could see Sullivan approaching uh, Hextall and or Brian Burke and saying, hey, I really need to add another coach. You, you can't put him on the bench, so you'd have to get rid of somebody. Uh, and because Reardon is working with the power play and the defenseman, um, that's not the place that you'd put him. You would be getting rid of Vellucci, and, and I've not heard anything to substantiate that. I feel obligated in most cases when Tockett's name comes up from listeners or readers to stress that a lot of stuff that's spoken uh, about him, and this take this from somebody who considers him a friend, okay, uh, and who's known him for a long, long time going back to his playing days. Uh, I have an immense respect for the man, for the coach, and going way back for the player. But the tall tales that get told about him are, are wild. I mean, like, that he was the Phil Kessel whisperer or something, and he was the only one that could get through to Phil, when in fact the most dedicated, passionate season that Phil ever had in the NHL 
was the one year he had in Pittsburgh under Sullivan after Tockett had left. So even when Phil went out to the desert and was playing for the Coyotes, it wasn't the same Phil. So that got blown way out of proportion. And I understand that my saying it here won't change that. That I'm just sharing with you. And I think you said something in your question along the lines of, you know, that he wasn't afraid to talk to Sullivan or something. Mike Sullivan is the head coach of this hockey team. That is a capital H and a capital C. And there is absolutely no doubt in any setting, regardless of who has been on his staff over the years in Pittsburgh, as to who is running the show. And he has overseen coaches who have been head coaches in the NHL. Martin, Tockett, Reardon. Vellucci's been a championship-level head coach in the AHL. He makes no apologies for any of it. He runs the place. I'm so glad you brought this up, though. It was a terrific question. I don't mean to like knock it or, or dump it or whatever. I'm just trying to shed as much light as I can to let you know, uh, you know, my own information on this sort of thing. No, I do not believe Rick Tockett will be back in Pittsburgh. I hope the best for him. I hope he lands the head coaching job in Buffalo in particular. I think that would be a perfect fit for him. Oh, man, <laughs> he gets his hands on Jack Eichel. There, now I'm only just going to add to the narrative, right? <laughs> we'll do this again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.